want to welcome everyone to our brand new series entitled Unexpected and Unlikely Christmas. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us, every one of our locations. Well, I say this every year, same time, beginning of December. I just want to say I love the Christmas season. I love the holidays. I love everything about it. Matter of fact, again, I know that some people judge families for this, but we, we start listening to Christmas music like, like, like a month ago. It's amazing. How, how many of y'all would be honest enough, this is church, don't lie, that you do the same thing? Come on, just raise your hand. It's fun. It's exciting. I love everything about this. I love the food. I love the fellowship. I love the hanging out. I love the family. I love coming together. I love the weather changes. Come on, South Louisiana. 81 day, 30 the next. Can I have a witness? You never know. Listen, you got to pack your car with sweater. You never know what's going to happen. I, I really do love this time of the year. There, there, there's, something, uh, there's something magical in that. So it's, it's like, this, like this, this sense of any, anything can happen. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with a gentleman in our church. He says, you know, I had this challenge with this particular individual. He goes, and we were, we were in a shopping mall. It's like, and I ran into this guy, and it's like, it was so obvious, like, we needed to, we, we needed to start talking, and, and it's almost like, it's almost like God arranged that. By the way, I believe that God is in the business of arranging things like that. I, I believe that there are unexpected, everybody say unexpected. There are unexpected moments in all of our lives where, where God just does he does a surprise in our life. I had a friend of mine who took me to lunch one day. He said, Steve, I got a present for you. I got a gift for you. And I was all excited about that. I thought, man, I, I can't wait to get, you know, I just, I, I, like, I like giving presents, but I, but I like receiving presents. I, I really like receiving presents. <laughs> and, and so we went to lunch one day and, and, and we talked about it. And so, of course, I had my expectation up and we go through the whole lunch. We pay. And we leave. And there's no present. So it's like there's one day that goes by, two days that go by, three days. Finally, finally the present shows up. And I called him. I said, man, I, thank you so much for the present. I said, what was the lunch thing all about? He goes, oh, I was telling you, you you're going to get a present, but I wanted you to be surprised. Anyway, it was a surprise. There was a little frustration, but there was a surprise. You know what's interesting about this whole thing called expectations? Here it is. You guys ready? We all have expectations in life, but God reserves the right, watch this, to bring moments of change. Moments of things that we never planned. Surprises. Everybody say surprise. Surprises where things shift our path. Sometimes the surprise is a big blessing. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge. I, um, and by the way, let me just say this. How you and I respond to challenges and surprises and unexpected moments, we always love the good ones. We always love them where, where life delivers more than it's promised. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a good relationship. Good relationship is when, when somebody, somebody gives you more than you expected. Life is wonderful when life is just positive, 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 positive. More than your expectation. But there's times when there's the reverse. How do you respond then? I never forget the time. You know, it's a, a young family. We, my, 
We had three children in three and a half, four years, and real, real quick, and then we have our precious little one 10 years later, our, our final little daughter. And it's interesting, I never forget years ago when, when my son, my, my two boys, my wife would dress. A lot of times, my boys, very similar as, as, as parents often do, as moms, you know, they dress the kids. And my older boy didn't like that as much. It's like he kind of wanted to be his own guy, you know, and I never forget we were going to Christmas Eve services. And, and my, my older son, was I guess he was frustrated with that. And this was the time we had minivans. By the way, I always love young families, you know, or young couples before they have children. I'll tell you one thing. I'm never getting a minivan. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, you will. Don't you judge those minivans. Oh, you'll be driving one soon enough. And I never forget, we get to the Christmas Eve service, and I turned around, and my older son, who was frustrated, his mom dressed him just like his younger, younger brother. Guess what? He took off half his clothes. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody say unexpected. unexpected. Things happen in life. Now, that's funny, and that can be fixed real quick, but sometimes things aren't as funny. How do you and I respond when there's twists and turns on the journey of life? I don't think that... A lot of people think about this much, but the Christmas story, and I'm talking about all the characters involved, that they all experience, watch this, twists and turns on their journey. As a matter of fact, they had a journey, watch this, they were on what I would call a journey toward Christmas, and each one of them had unexpected moments, surprises, some really good and sometimes twists in the journey. How did they respond? How, how do we respond? I want to say this to you, all of our locations. How do you respond when you have a good surprise, but sometimes there's surprises and there's shifts in the journey where there's challenges? How do you respond then? See, I believe that God is in control of our lives. I believe that we serve a sovereign God. And I believe that God can even work good out of things sometimes where there's twists and turns. Sometimes when you meet somebody you have an unreconciled relationship with and you look up and they're checking out at the same line that you're checking out, that's a moment. It was unexpected. I believe that's going to happen to some of you even in your family gatherings this year. Some of you, there's going to be some twists and turns, things that you walk in. You walk into that family like, whoa, I didn't plan this. God did. God did. I want to talk to you this month, and I am so excited about this month, because I'm going to be talking to you about unexpected moments in our walk with God using the Christmas story. We're going to be talking about the shepherds, next week the wise men, then we're going to talk about, oh, Mary and Joseph, oh yeah, they had it all planned out, right? No, they didn't. And then we're going to talk about Jesus. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 2, Luke Chapter 2. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than I usually do because I think it's important to give you full context. I want to talk to you about the shepherds and this whole theme of unexpected moments. I'm believing God. I'm believing God to God to visit us. I, I never want my walk with God to become mundane. I never want my walk with God to just become ritualistic where, where there's never a sense of awe. There's never a sense of, whoa, I didn't plan that. By the way, I want to go on record saying this. I'm a planning dude. Like, I, I plan things out. I like to make sure that, you know, everything is structured and ordered. I have a, a, a year, a two, a five. I mean, I, I, but, but, but I want to say this again. God reserves the right to interrupt our plans. And by the way, when he does, God's plan for your life is always better than your plan for your life. 
It's going to be a fun month. It's going to be a fun. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now let me pause there for a moment. Pastor, why were they afraid? Let an angel show up on the end of your bed. (laughs) Big boy. But anyway, it's like a big deal here. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For watch this, for there is born to you this day in the city of David. It's Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. These suddenly moments. Unexpected moments. You've got a plan. You've got it all worked out. There's a suddenly. God works in these sudden, unexpected moments. They never dreamed going to work that day that this was going to happen. Suddenly. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. It's almost like the heavens opened up. Now all of a sudden, it wasn't one angel talking. It's like, whoa. It's like this giant heavenly chorus is happening now. It's a big deal. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, they they start a dialogue now, let us now, watch this, go to Bethlehem. Let's do it. Let's go see what's happened. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Three more verses. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They became evangelists. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's going to be real big in two weeks. We're going to talk about that. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen, it was as told them. Wow. Unexpected moments. These shepherds were simple, everyday people. Those of you that understand biblical backgrounds and you understand a little bit about kind of the characters that are involved in some of these stories, shepherds were, were a, they were a despised class of people. Not like lepers, but they were, definitely, they were definitely on the bottom rung of society. If you were a shepherd, you would be, in a sense, you would be connected to, well, that's like a, a shepherd. Almost like a thief in modern culture. So despise. Like, why, why would they do that? In other words, th- these, were, these weren't the highest level jobs. It wasn't kind of like middle level management. They were kind of bottom level jobs. Shepherds. They were not looked on favorably devalued in culture. As a matter of fact, this is a trip. I, I'll never forget 2008, first time I went to Israel. I went there. They have like real shepherds still today. It's amazing. In the Judean mountainside, if you go there and, and you know, the, the buses will go by. And, and i never forget the first time, I guess 15 years ago, I was like, this is amazing. 
My friends were there, and as I, I had a guy that I traveled with, I said, man, check that out. It's like a shepherd, like the whole thing. Like they got the, the, the whole deal. They got shepherd staff and the whole thing. And then I noticed as I kind of, the bus went by, and I say this very respectfully, there was two shepherds that came out on a four-wheeler behind them. Now, I don't know if they do that, you know, so I don't know if that's like part of the whole deal. But there's real shepherds, and they're, I guess shepherds, they, they shep, and that's what they do. They, they take care of the sheep. In that culture, there were shepherds, still are today, and they were very common, really almost devalued in that community. Why is that important, Pastor Steve? It's important because I think it's, we often forget that God specializes in taking the common and doing extraordinary things through their lives. I want to talk to you today about unexpected moments, suddenly. By the way, I want to say this is your pastor, everyone at all of our locations. I'm believing that God is going to show up in your life in an unexpected way, in a blessing during this holiday season. Number one, three things about this. The shepherds had an unexpected visitation. They went from just another boring day in the fields. What are you going to do today? They got their coffee pot, their thermos, right? And they went to work. Oh, they had no idea what was about to happen. They went from what I would consider the monotonous. You ever been there before in your job? Just going through the motions, right? Just going through whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're working in a plant, touching a valve, doing a thing, whether you're in a computer, doing the thing, whether you're just showing up, making a sales call, whatever. It's like, it's like, man, I've been doing this every day, day in and day out. It's very monotonous. Yeah, but in a moment of time when God visited them, they went from the monotonous to the miraculous. Something happened, an atmosphere shifted. Now, I want to say this. If you and I were in charge of the kind of the inaugural arrival committee of the announcement of the birth of Christ, who would you choose? I mean, you got to get the message out. Would you hire like this high-powered advertising firm in, in maybe New York? Man, big, powerful people, right? I mean, they're, I mean, who would you hire? I'm asking, who would you got? I mean, if you were, if, if God said, hey, I am tasking you with getting the very first, in other words, I I want you to get out the very first message to the planet that the birth of Christ has come. What would you do? Who would you choose? I mean, we'd probably, I mean, we'd get on our phone, Google, you know, highest ratings, marketing, advertising. We'd be like, who's got the social media? I mean, who's got it together? Who do you think that God chose to get the message of his son out? It wasn't a marketing firm or an advertising agency from New York. It was shepherds. Maybe in that day, we would have, hired, we would have called the high priest. A trumpet would have gone forth, right? now. He didn't tap the high priest. Maybe it would have been, oh, I don't know, some powerful Jewish leader. No, it was the shepherds. When the angel came on the scene, there was a spirit of awe and amazement and wonder, the wonder of heaven. There was a sense of, they heard first a message from the angel, and then, and then all of a sudden, whoom, the whole, it's like the, whole heavenly host. There was a giant choir. There was a glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. And and there was a real visitation in the lives of those shepherds. 
And by the way, whenever God visits you and he interrupts you, there's always something in that for you. God God interrupts you. God visits you. And in the visitation, there's a message. But when you, by the way, when you come through a visit, when you have a visitation from God, you're never the same after that. You're never the same after that. You're on your road. You're doing your thing. You know, it's like, well, I've just got my, I got my five-year plan. I've got my 10-year plan. I got my one-year plan. And boom, God visits you. There's a shift that takes place. I'll never forget when I was invited to that Bible study. October 24th, let's see, 25th, that would have been a 24th on a Sunday night, 1987. I was invited to a Bible study on Wednesday night, October 27th. Two girls invited me, and I basically went to that Bible study in a sense because I knew one of the girls, I played football with her brother, and I didn't want to be rude. I said, all right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Little did I know that God had a suddenly set up for me. I had been to Bible studies before, by the way. But this Bible study, in this moment, I went in as a very hopeless freshman in college, just thinking I'm going to just check it off because I don't want to offend these girls because they invited me to this college Bible study. But God visited me. And when God visits you, transformation takes place. Remember Paul? Remember his name wasn't always Paul. Saint Paul. It wasn't always Saint Paul. Before Paul was Saul, his name was Saul. The Bible says he was actually on the road to Damascus, Syria, a city in Syria, and he had papers in his hand to, to throw to, listen to throw Christians in jail and ultimately to murder Christians. And he was on this road. I, I was I was um, in the foyer probably a month ago, and this couple came up to me. And they're very concerned about their college son. And they said, Pastor, can you, can you just pray with me? I, we, we just need prayer. We're so concerned about our son. And, and this was the prayer that I prayed. And I, just, I held their hands and I just said, Lord, I'm just asking in the name of Jesus. God, just like you did with Saul and you visited him on the road, uh, on that road. God, you just, Lord, you, you, you shook him to wake him. Lord, you shake us to wake us. And, and, and God, I pray that you'd get a hold of this young man's life. God, open his eyes. Lord, fall upon him. I look up, the mom's crying, the dad's crying. And they said this to me. They said, we've been praying the same text of scripture that God would get a hold of our son on that road. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, that happened in my life. The Bible says that Saul, a light from heaven, knocked him to the ground. And he woke up. And all of a sudden, transformation. By the way, that happened to Moses. One day, he went out in the desert. I don't know what he was doing behind a bush. I know what you do in the woods behind a bush. I'm not reading into the scripture. I'm just saying it was behind a bush. It was in a desert. I don't know what he was doing back there. Probably wasn't looking for lost treasure. Are y'all with me or not? That was funny. I've never said that in 23 years. I'm serious. It just came to my mind. I don't know if it was God or just my personality. But anyway... The brother's behind a bush, and all of a sudden, the bush catches on fire. I have no idea how that's connected. But anyway, he's in the desert, and this bush catches on fire, and a voice comes. Can I tell you something? It was God in the bush because the bush wasn't burned. Transformation took place. Everybody say visitation. Let me tell you, when you experience a visitation... A transformation takes place. How about Isaiah? He's in the temple. 
You know the scripture in Isaiah chapter 6? On the day King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was in the temple. The train of his, the, his robe filled. It was the glory of God filled the temple of the Lord. Whether it was Paul on the road, whether it was Moses in the bush, whether it was Isaiah, listen, in the temple. Or it was a, a broken little freshman in college named Steve when God visited him. Where were you when God visited you? Can I tell you something? When God shows up, suddenly happens. Your life shifts for the better. And these, these shepherds, they were, they were out in the fields, and all of a sudden, they look up. They hear a voice. An angel speaks. And when an angel, listen, when there's a visitation, there's always a message in that. There's always a message. And I'm going to tell you, God's got a message for you in the season. God, God, there's maybe an adjustment. There's something. There's something you've been living in the past. God is trying to tell you how to, how to, how to get set free from the past. Maybe there's an unresolved relationship. God has a message for you. Because in the visitation, there's a message. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. For your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left, God is speaking. You look in the Bible, God is speaking in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. Yes, the canon of Scripture is closed, but God is still speaking by His Spirit as He makes the Scripture alive to you. And God is speaking. By the way, God is speaking not just through a preacher. Maybe it's through a message. Maybe it's through today, the message. Maybe it's through a small group leader. Maybe it's through a godly friend. God is speaking to you. And there's a moment where you know the Holy Spirit is talking to you. And and you know that it's like, okay, God, something shifted in the atmosphere just now. God's trying to talk to me about my kids. God's trying to talk to me about my marriage. God's trying to talk to me about my future. God's trying to talk to me about my past that keeps holding me back. When there's a visitation, there's always a message in it. In the, in the visitation, there's always a message. How do we often respond to the message? Some doubt it. The shepherds could have doubted, that ah, wasn't God. No, it, it's God. Some try to debate it. Well, is that really God? I'm not sure if that's really God because after all, I mean, does God still speak today? I mean, after all, I mean, is it the Bible really? I mean, come on, after all, isn't it just other literature? Well, what time out? We get philosophical and we get hyper-intellectual. I'll never forget when I was at Tulane University and, and I didn't know much of the Bible. I didn't know all the philosophical arguments. I didn't know all the ways to defend the gospel and Christianity. I mean, I'm a new Christian, right? I'm just fresh out of sin. And this guy corners me one day, and he's got all these philosophical arguments. I just kind of felt overwhelmed. I said, time out, time out, time out. I don't, I'm not as smart as you. I don't have all the answers. But I, can I tell you something? You can't talk me out of what happened. I was once lost. Now I'm found. I was once bound in sin. I've been set free. Something happened in my life. And that, I, didn't, I didn't change myself. In the visitation, there's a message. What is God trying to say to you? about your life, about your family, about your future. There's a message. Some doubt it, some debate it, some try to deny it, or some obey it. Look at number two. The shepherds responded in faith. I love this. This is so powerful. This is amazing. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us... Now go to Bethlehem, that's the city of David, and see this thing that had come to pass, which the Lord had made known to them. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. The journey of the shepherds began with a simple, immediate step of faith. An immediate step of faith. They heard the message, 
and they responded. Question, what do you do when you have a God moment? How long does it take you to obey? Often heard, I heard one preacher say this one time, spiritual maturity is evidenced by the gap it takes for us when we know God has spoken. How long does it take us to obey that? Spiritual maturity is when you close the gap. When God speaks to you, you can respond quickly. When God speaks to you, you respond quietly. When God speaks to you, you respond completely. They heard from God through this angel, and they responded. The shepherds opened their hearts. Question, is your heart open? Can God speak to you? Can God speak to you during this holiday season? God, God may be trying to get you to work on a relationship. He's working. By the way, here's what I know. Here's what I know about the Lord. Whenever you start working, God's already been working. Let me say that again. God may want you to work on a relationship that's strained. Don't worry. God's already been working on the thing he's asking you to work on. What is it that God's asking you to do? As you come into a new year, what expectations do you have? What goals? What things is he asking you to shift? He'll give you the grace to do it. The shepherds opened their heart. They opened their heart. God had a message. Remember this. In the visitation, God has a message. In the visitation, God has a message. I'll never forget. Jennifer and I, we were in youth ministry. She was a teacher. <coughs> and my pastor across the lake in Metairie had asked me if I would come over, if we would come over and consider starting a church in Mandeville. Church of the King, by the way, was never our idea. We were asked to come here 23 years ago. It wasn't like, I have a dream in my heart. It was like, Steve, we, it was actually my pastor said, I really feel this is God. You really need to do this. You really need to do this. This is God. There's a small group of people. And I never forget, I was coming back. My, my wife and I, I, actually, she was home. That summer, I was preaching a lot of youth camps. And we had, she had, we had two small children. And I had a Toyota Corolla or, or Camry, and I had a cell phone. How many of you remember cell phones were as big as suitcases? Come on, y'all remember that? <laughs> that dated myself just now. And I was on the phone with her, and I was outside of Eunice, Louisiana, and the phone <clears throat> kept going in and out. And I was talking to her, and we had been asked, would we come across the lake? And all of a sudden, my car, I don't care if you believe in this stuff or not, it's like my car was filled up with the presence of God. And I, I heard a voice, not an audible voice, but in my heart. And Jennifer and I are in the car, and I'm crying, she's crying, and I heard a voice. I'm, we're sending you across the lake to raise up a church to touch a region. Now, let me just say this. We're not the only church. There's a lot of great churches in the area, but we are part of God's team. So I just want to qualify that. But God visited me. Listen to me. In the visitation, God's got a message for you. Listen to me. God's going to visit you. God's going to visit you during this month. But he's got a the point of the visitation is not just the visitation. The point is the message in the visitation. Number three, as I close, the shepherd's faith response revealed their greater purpose in life. Their faith led them out of a place of obscurity to a place of impact, ultimately to a place of greatness. They experienced firsthand the birth of Christ. The firsthand the birth of Christ. I want you to think about this firsthand. The people that were there at the birth of Christ were not the powerful. It was the commoner. You know, you remember when you were kids? Do you, how many of y'all remember when kids actually used to go outside and play football and baseball? How many of y'all remember when they didn't sit in their room and play those stupid video games? How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember when your parents said, 
Remember when you get on your bike and go anywhere you wanted, and they said, just be home before the what? The street lights up. Come on, y'all remember? How many of y'all? Come on now. Y'all remember that? I remember we would play so much. We had all the neighborhood kids. We all come together. And, and so, so we would be on one side and you'd have a captain. And then, and then you'd have another group on the other side, right? And, and come, remember how they would choose? You remember? There? And so you'd choose. You'd be like, I want him. You know, of course, you know, we're 12. And you, of course, you're going to pick the guy that's 6'6 at 12. You know what I'm saying? To be on your football team. Okay, I want him. And, and, and let me tell you, and the worst thing in the world was what? To be the last person. It's like, well, so the teams are even, you got to come with me. (laughs) In other words, they were the last to be chosen. Can I tell you what's so cool about God? God actually specializes in taking those that would be the last to be chosen and bringing them to the front of the line and making them first at the party. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the very, think about, think about, it wasn't the high priest, it wasn't the king, the powerful people, the wealthy people, it was the shepherds that were the front seat of the table at the party. Come on, isn't that powerful how God does that? Isn't that cool? That's what God does. You may feel rejected. You may feel like you went through a tremendous abusive situation as a kid. You feel disqualified. You feel marginalized. No, no. Listen, God actually takes your life and turns it around, listen, by his grace, for his glory, and he puts you in the front of the line. That doesn't sound scriptural. What's in the Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. For God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the things of the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. God has chosen the shepherds of the world to bring them to the front seat of the table. There's a wonderful woman in our church. She's probably in service this morning. I, I'm not sure if I, I didn't see her, but I know she's here probably. And her name's Jan. And she's so powerful. And she's been in the church from... Literally the very beginning, and and I never forget when she came. She came up to me, and I've got I'm going somewhere with this. And she came. She goes, she she got a little accent, a little country accent. Don't judge me, but she came. She goes, Pastor. Listen, I just want to let you know this. If I come, when I come to this church, I was on the 700 Club because of my busted up life. I was over at Ruby's Roadhouse in Mandeville. So if you see me, I just want to let you know I was a mess. And I said, Jan. You're exactly what we build this church on. We're grateful for messed up, jacked up people that come to this church that can get healthy and whole and strong. But wait, but wait, but wait, it gets better. Three weeks ago, she has been ministering in prisons and jails. She's about this big for 23 years. Actually, before that, prisons. Three weeks ago at Rayburn Correctional Center, the prisoners, she didn't know this, all the prisoners, it was her birthday. And, and she walked in and they all celebrated because she's been going for almost 25 years there. Hey, listen, listen, talk about a God surprise. She starts weeping, she starts crying. How many of you know God loves to surprise his kids just to say, he's, he's visiting you with his love, with his grace, come on, with his favor, with his blessing. And I want to say that to you. Maybe you feel like your life's messed up. You feel like, well, I don't count. I got no, 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 no. Jesus uses messed up people. Now, when you come to God, when you come to God, I never forget. I, have, I shouldn't say this, 
but I'm the pastor. I don't care what anybody thinks. Anyway, so I never forget somebody came to this church, and I understand structure. I understand, the, I understand all that stuff. So he goes, you know, pastor, this is years ago, and the, uh, the, the newcomer said, pastor, you know, my wife and I, we were looking for a solid church, good church, healthy church, good people, quality people, good people, just qu- solid people. And at the end, I'm like, I don't think I qualify to be in a church that you're looking for. (laughs) You may think I'm joking, but I'm grateful that every day I'm very aware it's the grace of God. It's it's, it's not, I pull myself up by my bootstraps. It's God's grace. It's God. Now, God cleans us up after we come to Christ, of course. But it's still God's grace. These shepherds. They shared the good news. Look at this last thing. Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Widely known. Widely known. Why is it that they had to do that? Because you can't keep light on the inside of you. You can't. There's a big argument in our, in our, in our nation. I know people watch about freedom of speech. How can you... How can you tell somebody that's been born again they can't say it? We, let me tell you, I am unashamed. There's no salvation except through Jesus Christ. You can only get saved if you're born, if you, only, if you know trust in Christ. There's no other way to God except Christ. When you're born again, your life goes from darkness to light. You're transformed. The Bible's inspired. This will transform your life. There's only one way to heaven. How can you not, I know this is a double negative, how can you not not say that to somebody? When you've truly been transformed by Christ, how can you keep it quiet? How can you keep it quiet? This is terrible English. Unless you ain't got it. Because I know one thing. When I got born again, when I got born again, when I got born again, I was transformed by Christ. Oh, man, I have so much to say. When Jesus touches your life, oh, sure you still have challenges afterwards. Sure you still go through trials. But let me tell you, you're a different person. Don't tell me you're born again if you hadn't been transformed. Don't tell me you're saved if if there's not been a power on the inside of you. At least now giving you a fresh power to say no to sin. Part of the evidence of someone being born again is they have a fresh resistance in their soul against the things that are trying to pull them into the undercurrents. Yeah. They had to tell somebody. Come see. Come see. Everybody say, come see. Come see what Jesus has done. Come see, come see, come see, come see, come see, come see. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. I sense the presence of Jesus right now, the Holy Spirit. Every one of our campuses, those that are joining us online right now, just wherever you are, if you're able to, just bow your head. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus. You're not sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God. I want to pray for you. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Being a member of a church does not save you. Jesus saves you. I tell you what I can do. I can point to the one who saves. His name's Jesus. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? Just a moment, the count of three, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. If you say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me. And to make me new. If that's you, you sense the Holy Spirit. God's pulling at your heart right now. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. At the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high? One, two, three, quickly. Hold it up high. God bless you, sir, right there. God bless you, right there. God bless you.
God bless you right there. Anybody else? God bless you at the top. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir, right there. Yeah. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. This is the most important prayer they'll ever pray. Right here. This is the moment. This is the moment. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Come on, church. Let's pray with them. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Hey, we just want to say congratulations to those of you who right now are making the decision for the very first time to give your lives to Jesus. Man, we're so excited for you as your church family because we know that this is the best decision you could ever make. You know, the Bible says that the moment you make that decision, that you are a new creation, that the old is gone, the new has come. No longer are you defined by your past mistakes. No, you are brand new. And that is just so amazing. But listen, this is just the first step in your new walk with Jesus. And we, as your church family, we're just so pumped to be able to walk with you as you take all of your next steps in your new life with Christ. Yes, and go ahead and follow the link on the screen or in the chat, and it will provide for you some great resources as you continue your new life with Christ. Again, we are so happy for you. It's congratulations. And hey, you are definitely gonna want to come back next week as we continue our Christmas series, Unexpected, an Unlikely Christmas. Man, it's gonna be so powerful. So make sure you're right here next week, same time, same place. Have a great week. We love you guys.